0: Thomasulo, during times of great stress, people are capable of superhuman strength. Yeah, and if you think I'm kidding, just try me, try me, because I would love it! Yo, mate, Cheeky Volley Episode 28 Wimbledon Men's Final Recap. What's up, Asher?
1: Yo, what's up, mate? How live li- Live from Wimbledon.
0: <laughs> live from Wimbledon.
1: All
0: right, so this is a big final. The third meeting between Djokovic and Berrettini. We've been big fans of him for a couple of years now, since we saw him play at the US Open. What was it? Court mm. 17
1: against Popperin? Yeah, 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 in 2019, the year he got to the semis. Then I saw him in the semis as well that year.
0: Real quick, how much has his back, um, backhand improved since then? Uh, not much. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll, we'll come back to that. Yeah. Before, before we get into the match... This is something we've spoken about at length, and it's still an evolving discussion. Let's talk about how Djokovic has seemingly sleepwalked his way into the final, right? I feel like over the last yeah. couple of years, since he since he became healthy again and he won the Grand Slam in 2018, he's obviously been on this incredible run since then. Not only is he getting better, but he seems to be managing his energy differently within Grand Slams. Mm. We've, i think we both felt that maybe up until the fourth round he was playing at what 70 75% yeah comment a bit on this what's
1: going on there yeah it, it's it's obviously a bit easier for him on the grass because he has such a um, such a big edge on the grass relative to the rest of the tour but i feel it's uh, where he's at in his career is similar to where Federer sort of be, uh, was at in in 2007 because he had his uh, he had his real prime goat years in like 0-6. and then in 0-7, he kind of like uh, eased off a bit <laughs> and that was the year after he beat Gonzalez in the Australian Open he started losing to Kanyas a bunch then he lost to Valandry and then even in the slams he um, every match it was sort of the commentators were saying oh he's not at his best and then he was beating Davidenko seven five seven five seven five so it was always he would always focus his energy on the key moments in a set and kind of sleepwalk through the rest of it. And I think that that's what I was picking up from, from, from Novak in, uh, in this tournament. I think we, we saw him in the quarterfinals against Fucevic and he he was just 70% max, I would say, as in at at no point did he seem remotely worried (laughs) that he was even going to come close to losing a set. Yeah, so but I think when when you do sleepwalk through the tournament like this, it it does it does open you up to, um, to sort of get caught out a bit cold. Uh, and sort of going into the final, uh, I thought I, th- I thought Berrettini did have a bit of a chance, sort of similar to how Roddick had a chance against Federer in 09, because Roddick was playing his best game and Federer was kind of sleepwalking a bit he had just come off beating like Tommy Haas in the semis in uh, in 09 in so he he was not he was not fully match tested so i thought there was was some potential for um mateo to come in and maybe maybe challenge him
0: all right so let's get into the details of the match so generally the first set to some extent similar to what we predicted we we had a feeling Baratini would win the first set but maybe not in the fashion that he did. He was down, what,
1: 5-2? Yeah, he was down 5-2, but he was playing awful tennis. Um, like Because Novak came out super tight. He was, he served three double faults in the first two games, uh-huh. some sketch forehands wide. And um, Mateo, for some reason, was coming over the backhand a lot in the first seven games. I had no idea why, because he has a really effective slice, especially on the grass. And and Novak doesn't really like the slice. He, he prefers more of a rhythm. So I, I had no idea why. I, I think it must have been that he, he discussed it with his team. And they said that, oh, no, maybe go over the top on the back. I, I have no idea why. But it was it was completely awful for the first seven games. And then he finally kind of got into it. Um, finally started winning some rallies uh, using his forehand, huge forehand. Then somehow got into it. And then really upped his level in the tie break. He, he played a really good tie break and he took it. Yeah, I was hyped to see him take the first set because when he was down
0: 5-2, you tell he wasn't really moving that well either. And no. taping on his thigh, it did seem that maybe he wasn't really ever going to be in this match physically, but he pulled it around. Maybe maybe his nerve just needed to warm up, but mm. you're right. It was, it was a pretty flawless tiebreaker.
1: Yeah, yeah. And funnily enough, uh, I think that the point that the last mini break he got to sort of set up the, the win in the tie break, it, it was it was from a deep backhand that was over the top. So even though I was abusing him for <laughs> hitting that shot, <laughs> it did it did create the 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 open forehand on the on the short ball he got to, to kill the point. Mate, in terms of sets two through four, for a moment, let's talk about the Joker serve.
0: Man, he's really improved this recently. The one thing I've noticed particularly during this year in Wimbledon, is how many service games he's holding at love and how deep he's getting into the opponent's service game. Consistently getting to multiple deuces, really making the the server earn the game, and then holding at love. Immediately putting the pressure back.
1: Yeah, I think the reason why the match was still kind of close is because he obviously wasn't at that full peak level like he was against Medvedev in the Australian Open final. So he, Berrettini had like one chance at least to break in every single set. And he, he did break him once in the first set, once in the second set. And then he had, and then once in the third set as well, I think, um, In terms of him not being at that peak level, we don't
0: know the answer to this, but I'm just curious. Do you you think that's a function of him, you know, working his way into the match and having some nerves and Berrettini working with the forehand or is he just managing his energy differently?
1: Yeah. Yeah I I didn't complete the thought earlier when I was talking about sort of the comparison with him but I feel like the goat gen um they they get to a stage in which they're able to conserve energy and only utilize it when when needed um and I think he he's just pretty much doing that he's he's obviously mentally exhausted from his french open run and then and then this run so I think it, I think it's just a matter of him conserving energy and He's been doing this for a while now because I remember his five-set match against Team. He was he was doing the same thing, and that that does make you worried because it's like if if you if you don't get the balance right, if you conserve too much and then you you end up losing a, a break in a critical set, then you can lose the match. But he somehow got away with it because he hasn't he hasn't lost a final uh, since then, even though he came pretty close against Federer, obviously two years ago. But yeah, I think it's just him, him conserving energy, mental energy, and um, and saving himself. He's 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 learned how to do that.
0: Yeah, it's unreal to watch. So generally, I'd say sets two through four, tight moments, definitely not a, a breeze.
1: Yeah, it was, it was very, it was a very strange, it was a strange one because it. It was like if you looked at the the numbers, like Novak was just much better because he was taking Berrettini to like 30 on almost every single return game. He was he uh, he was winning like 40% of points on Matteo's serve in total, which is ridiculous considering how well Matteo was serving. But Matteo kind of he he had like just one like one shot in in sets three and four which if he makes he can make it close and maybe sneak the set and he, he didn't take it but I thought Novak was was like much better. From the back and um just a, just much better in general um i think mateo's first serve percentage was a bit too low he, if you if you keep sort of having to um, fend off novak in your service games you that that that's too mentally exhausting in general yeah it's tough 16 aces but 59 percent first
0: yeah 50 like, oh. I,
1: I think i think he needed to be at 70 yeah. percent and i think his win percentage on second serve was like 40 percent or even less maybe 39 um 38 there's 38 wow yeah yeah so just his his serving numbers those numbers weren't going to get it done against novak and um but having said that as an it, it it was it was an enjoyable match to watch um it it, it wasn't completely one-sided because he did have these these couple of like half chances per set um but if you, if you take a step back and look at how the match went as a whole, it's pretty much what everyone expected. Were you surprised at how often Djokovic came to the net? In his previous matches, he'd come
0: between 20 and 28 times. Hmm. And against Berrettini, he came in 48 times and won 71% of those points.
1: Yeah, I think that there was two reasons for that. So one of them, it was because Berrettini played a huge number of drop shots for some strange reason even though it it was not working well some sketch ones as well some really sketch ones that that head that head um head extreme pro not the best for drop shots (laughs) good for (laughs) slices good for huge forehands not the best for drop shots so I think that bought in Novak a lot but I'm pretty sure Novak did did notice it but he had a huge edge that he could just exploit in which if you if he approached the Berrettini backhand like Mateo wasn't going to do anything with it because he, he can't really go over the top and hit a passing shot, and he can't really pass on the slice. So I think Novak probably just got bored in, in that. If, if it was Rafa, for example, he would have just hammered the backhand all day long and sort of started coming in. But I think Novak, he uh, he didn't necessarily want to play in a way that wasn't natural. So he he kind of just exploited that once in a while, but not, not all the time. Mate, can you talk a bit about the crowd? Because... <laughs> i had a the sense crowd. of what was going on
0: and watched so, the but you were actually there
1: yeah i, I was there so the, the crowd uh hilarious um you have a five-time champion on one end and you have a guy who i'm pretty sure 70% of the crowd had not heard of this guy uh sure. until two weeks ago right and yet every game is like Matteo, Matteo. <laughs> and there wasn't it's not like there's many italians there but Huge, hugely biased support towards Berrettini. Um, And Novak got a bit upset about that as well. (laughs) As he does, as he does. (laughs) Yeah. But that was um, really surprising. And I definitely think it helped Matteo because I think uh, they definitely lifted him in the first set.
0: Yeah. So this is Joker's 20th Grand Slam, his sixth Wimbledon. Mate, so Federer... Djokovic, Nadal, all tied twenty Grand Slams. I think we'll have to hold off on a podcast about what that means. The evolving discussion of what that means for the goat discussion.
1: Yeah, we keep we keep holding this off because uh, new stuff gets added to the goat debate every time we come on. <laughs> but but saying? I I think the the last goat debate well I think we did three years ago after the U.S. Open. So I think after this U.S. Open will be a good time to reflect on the. On the latest, yeah, uh, the latest
0: status of it, substantial developments to comment on. What do you think about the U.S. Open summer that we're heading into now? You expect Djokovic to go to go on a run here, keep momentum or ease back a bit.
1: Mm, it's a it's a, it's a tricky one. His his form is amazing at the moment, but I just think on hard courts he he comes back to the field a bit. So on on the grass he has such a huge edge because the really good next gen players suck on grass. So like Dominic team, well he's he disappeared a bit in general this year. But Zverev, uh, like Sasha, Sitsipas, um, Medvedev, right? These guys these guys are really good on hard courts, uh, and they're, they're pretty close to Novak on hard courts. But on on grass they just they're just not there. Joker is the overwhelming favorite to win the U.S. Open. No, I don't think overwhelming. I, he he was definitely an overwhelming favorite to win Wimbledon. So I, th- I like I think even the betting markets had him at over fifty percent. But I think I think for the U.S. Open he might be at thirty five to forty percent. Okay, interesting.
0: So what what do the betting markets have to say with the main contender, and what do you have to say about the main contender?
1: Uh, where the U.S. Open? Yeah. Um, You're saying it's Federer, me... aren't you? Sorry. You're saying it's Federer, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I uh, well, to be fair, I think this is the first time Federer is actually going to play a US Open where he hasn't um burnt himself, um, sort of physically leading up to it. Although, having said that, he he has difficult physical issues, but I think the wear and tear of just playing through the through the summer isn't might not be one of them. Yeah, I um, reckon you'll play probably one masters before the US Open, at the Maybe. Olympics, at the Olympics as well is he doing olympics i think he he's definitely he i think he definitely wants to do olympics um so right now he's 16 to 1 to win the us open which is not great novak is actually evens by the way so betting markets have him at 50% i think that's a bit too high right now um medvedev's i think medvedev's good value at like 7 to 1 hmm. um, cuz he i think he's he's um I think the Australian Open wasn't really an accurate reflection of where he is in his game versus where Novak is. I think it's a lot closer on hard courts. Hot take. So I, I'd, uh, I'd expect I'd expect a Novak-Medvedev final. 60 plus rebound?
0: And what about
1: uh, Mateo? Mateo? Mateo could get to the semis, but I, I think Mateo is like a tier below a Medvedev and a Novak. Um on, on like Novak on grass and both of them for sure on, on hard courts. I think he, he would be a team, uh, a tier below team as well. Uh, if team was at, at his max level, um, I, I, I would, I would say that he was also a tier below Sasha, but, because uh, Sasha's improved recently. But having said that, I think he served 30 double falls against Felix. So. <laughs> Look,
0: I said it in 2019, I still stand by it. I think Mateo is grand slam good. I don't know if it's going to come this with the U.S. Open, but I think he will get one.
1: I think oh, he if think he, he... Uh, if he gets a nice draw, if he gets a nice bracket, then he he could he could win one.
0: Strong. All right, mate. Stepping back for a moment, let's talk about Federer. Lost in the quarters to Hurkach, straight sets. We were there. Third set was brutal, six love. What happened? What does it mean? What do we expect for him at the U.S. Open?
1: Yeah, so a really strange tournament for Federer. I think as a whole, I would say he probably did better than he was probably expecting and we were expecting. Um, Maybe better than you were expecting. (laughs) (laughs) Kabir Kabir was like expecting him to win. (laughs) Um, But extremely sketchy first round match against Manorino. Um, Got out of jail on that one. Yeah, got out of jail, but Manarino was a very tricky matchup, especially on a, for day one at Wimbledon because we, we call that as a five setter. Yeah, because yeah. the the grass is a, it, it's not been worn out a bit, so it's a bit slicker. And Manarino plays these weird, sketchy uh, flat shots that you can't really time that well. And especially Federer, he doesn't have much match practice, so he he struggled for sure in sets two and three. He was kind of getting back into it in set four, and then and then obviously got got lucky with the injury. But then after that match, he. He uh, picked up some good form. He he beat Gasquet in round two. Um, pretty pretty nice last two sets there. In uh, Senego in round four, he looked excellent. He looked as good as he's looked uh, in a, um, since the last Wimbledon, basically. It could, be, it could be you were there for that. So you you saw that first time. You're just timing everything. Oh, taking the ball really, really early. Probably the earliest I've seen him take it in a while.
0: And never really faced any adversity in that match, I'd say.
1: Mm. and then going into the quarterfinals I, I was still unsure just because his form has just been so up and down I wasn't sure if, um, if he was going to produce a Sunigo type match or a, a Manorino type match um, but it was, it was really cold and windy that day so I, I think that, that definitely played into it and to be honest for, for most of the first two sets he, he looked okay um, he lost the first set but he kind of just played one bad game he he served looked good his his forehand looked okay in the second set he went to break up he looked pretty good it's up 4-1 um, yeah 4-1 and then he he was kind of love 30 up so he almost went 5-1 up and then he again just played one bad game and then he got into the tie break and the weirdest stuff happened in that tie break <laughs> so he he lost two points on drive volleys and then he lost one point in which he slipped at the net And then for some reason, someone yelled out at the same time as uh, he was about to hit the volley. And then that kind of just threw him off completely. The only other time I remember seeing Feder slip was 2005
0: Australian Open against Safin on match point.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. where he just uh, slipped on the floor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I've never seen him. I've never seen anyone slip at the net like that. It was so weird. It was a strange one especially because he's normally so, like, elegant and balanced. Um, and then he was, he kind of just, like, fell over at the net and missed a volley. Uh, super
0: strange. Um, Do we expect him to play the U.S. Open?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think... Or, I mean, it, it did become really cold and really windy um, by the third set. And and... Let's talk about that for a moment, because hmm. he has had
0: issues with his back in the past, and yeah. you're saying there is a relationship between between the weather and his back tightening up.
1: Yeah, cuz I think uh, even even if you look at Tiger Woods play sort of before he he injured himself in a car crash, everyone is always saying oh he needs it to be really hot so that his back is uh, is is looser, right? And, and this, I-
0: into context, let's just describe what Federer's up against. 6 foot 6 Herbert Rukac hitting pretty massive balls. I think I think to be fair, he hits much bigger Mm. And it seems on TV. And we saw how heavy his second serve was. I think that's yeah, extremely, he, extremely taxing on the return.
1: And he uh, was playing incredible as well. He was basically playing like a six foot six Novak. He was not making any errors. So if, if he didn't really let Federer sort of get any confidence, um, he was just making life really tough and, and sort of... Feder I think sort of in the last few rounds when as he was gaining more and more confidence, he started looking better. But in this match it was a bit of the opposite. He started losing confidence. And then I, I think some of the forehands he started missing were might have been because of the back, because it just felt like he couldn't, he was hitting a lot into the net. And when you hit into the net, it's, it's a sign that you're not sort of getting down enough. And I don't know if he was getting, wasn't getting down enough because of his knees or because of his back, but it just, it didn't, it didn't feel the best. Um. But as as for Federer going forward, I th- I don't I don't think it's as bad as, as people think. As in, it's it's not Andy Murray bad. Let's put it this way: <laughs> he got to the quarterfinals of Wimbledon. He didn't. He did, uh, Yeah, I mean, he was kind of okay for a set and a half against a guy who's playing really well. Um, if he if he gets some confidence on the hard court season. Um, he might do okay at the US Open. I think he could get a quarters or a semis. I, I don't see him beating like Novak or Medvedev on the hardcore, though.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fair point. The other thing, maybe, to consider is that if we look at the number of matches he played going to Wimbledon, perhaps it's less than he typically would have. So maybe he's going to the US Open a bit more.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: With um, that being said, on grass, I don't know if he needs to play as many in terms of matches as he would. Maybe it's court. We'll see what happens. U.S. Open. Hopefully, it's not another Dimitrov five setter. Yeah. All right, mate. Episode twenty-eight Wimbledon men's final recap. Asher, what do you got going on the rest of the night?
1: Not sure, mate. I might. I might watch some of the the NBA highlights. Uh, I heard it was a great game from Giannis. Greeks. Greeks having a great year this year. Giannis Pass. <laughs> nice one, mate. Talk soon. All right, mate. Later. <laughs>